you know, I've, I I remember being in Iraq um, during during fighting ISIS and and uh, hearing about a shooting right here in Colorado Springs, and then before I knew it, there was another one. I'm thinking, wow, I feel yeah. more safe walking around in some cities in Iraq at night than I would sections of Colorado Springs. Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of the Victor Mark Show. This is part two of me uh, being, I'm in a deposition with my lawyer and it's ugly people if if it's sad. I don't know if I'm going to get out of this. It, it's all based on me cutting mattress tags off. I didn't know it was a felony. I didn't know it was a federal offense. And um, so... The mattress police are here. The mattress police have arrived. <laughs> and would y'all please be my pen pal if I get in the clanker? Just write me. <laughs> and they're only going to let me have crayons because they believe everything that goes in my hands becomes a weapon. And literally they know I can eat a crayon and make it a weapon. So, no, I have Tim Preby here. Uh, he is our ministry attorney. He's a friend. Uh, he has a background in law enforcement before he went into the field of law. Um, but great Christian man, married over 30 years, uh, family man. He he gets it. He's been through it. He understands. His passion is Second Amendment weapons. Uh, but there's other things that he does and has done for us that I'm just so grateful because, hey, let's face it, we live in a a society where if you start making headways and moving forward or anything like that, at some point or another, you're going to need a lawyer. And um, I tell people, nobody likes lawyers until you need one. And it's like, please help us. But thank you for being here today. Sure. Well, let's get into this. Um, uh, this We're going to have you... I think I think it should be regular because our conversations are so good. And folks, if you didn't hear the first podcast, go back and listen to that first show. It was so good. But let's start talking about mass shootings. I mean, right now this is what's on people's mind. Yeah. Is it just us or are they actually increasing? So, and we can get into the numbers. Um, it, it's a situation where, unfortunately, they're, they're happening more and more frequently. Okay. Um, and now whether it, that's because the news is hyperactive and it makes for a great news story, um, that could be part of it. Um, we're just more aware of it. Um, but there, there's an organization, um, uh, John Lott is the gentleman's name. He's an economist and an author. Um, and he's got a organization called, uh, crime prevention research center and he has some really good information there. And I, I'm kind of a numbers junkie. Um, I like to, to see, you know, stats and, and back it up with, you know, how I come about with, with my conclusions. And one thing in preparing for this uh, podcast, I was looking at it, and it's a breakdown of mass public shootings from 1998 okay. to May of 2022. 
Okay. And so as Give an, us a scoop. As an economist, he, he you can literally go through um, and he, he diagrams out 88 different mass public shootings from 1998 through May 15th of 2022. Um, we were talking about in the last podcast, sensitive spaces. Mm. And I think we're going to see that word more in gun related legislation. Um, but one of the graphics here that from 1998 to May of 2022, um, the instances of places where uh, there is a mass shooting, gun-free zones, which I think, again, will be replaced with the word sensitive places, uh, 96%. Whoa. 96%. So you, you can't tell me that that is not a factor in somebody's thought pattern if they're so evil that they're going to do this. They're thinking, um, I'm assuming that they're thinking, number one, am I going to be successful? And number two, is there a chance that I either will be killed or I'll be stopped. Um, or some people stop me with a firearm. Right. So that to me is huge. It is. You know? uh, so sensitive places, right. gun-free zones. Right. The two that come to mind are churches and schools. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been in this world a long time and had to deal with a lot of stuff, both here and overseas, real-life situations. And the reality is if... Bad people look for soft targets. Yep. They look for, you know, access, ease of access, the ability to do their evil and then get out or not be killed somewhat to or some are so cowardly to kill themselves. But we've seen an uptick in churches becoming harder targets. Yes. Because of horrible shootings. Um, I think of that one in Dallas where, you know, it's a it's a great video to study an agency friend of mine, we broke it down for a group here, and 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 we were we were discussing it. But you know, it took a man who had experienced shooting to stop an evil man, yeah, who was a coward at shooting. And uh, he 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 did a I think he he did a headshot at you know quite a distance. Yes, and. Uh, in the church sanctuary. So uh, this I would tell people, we have a Second Amendment right from the Constitution, and there are laws that we need to follow, but there are also restrictions we should seek to change. And we're starting to see uh, a little bit of that movement of the possibility of change. And, I mean, we could have a whole you know, show just on school safety because, you know, so much of this could be changed. We were telling people, obviously, because of our dogs, that trained canine would be such a deterrent. And Baden Canine, where we get our dogs from, uh, they've been featured on Fox um, News on the Internet twice in the last couple of weeks because of how good they are and the level of training their dogs have. But when you talk about mass shootings, and these safe zones, as an attorney and as a former law enforcement officer and someone who believes in a right to carry, what would you do we risk breaking the law if a person has to draw a firearm to defend themselves? And that's a great question. And, and one of the things I mentioned in the previous podcast is I teach for U.S. Law Shield. And it's a question we get quite a bit. And 
the, the, I think the answer is really going to come down to how did that shoot go? Okay. Right. Unfortunately, are you the hero or are you not the hero? And there's a lot of grace given to heroes, right? Yeah. Um, in the sense that if, okay, if you, in this particular bank, you shouldn't have been carrying, but you take out the bad guy and prevent, you know, situations, um, what, what DA, you know, who's a political animal yeah. is going to say, oh, oh, hang on a second. You had you know, 30 rounds there and you shouldn't have had that. Right. No, you took care of the problem. And, and so that's not going to be probably a situation where they're going to be worried about it. Um, as I also mentioned, I was on the security team at New Life Church in 2007. Here in Colorado Springs. Here in Colorado Springs. What happened in 2007? So we had a, a mass, well, we had a, a shooter on yeah. site um, that ended up killing two of our uh, uh, members, uh, young mm. girls, mm. and shot their father. Um, and it was a situation where uh, the shooter was associated with uh, um, YWAM, right? which at the time New Life Church had an office on site for YWAM. And so it, it was a really interesting situation in the sense that we had a security team. It was, uh, by all admissions, a, I don't want to say it was ragtag, right. but it, it, it was it, typical of the it was church 2007. in 2007. Right. right. So it was, it was either former military or law enforcement. Um, it was a small group. Uh, we didn't really train. We had, right. I think we were given a budget of $100 right. you know, for radios. Senior pastors and <laughs> learn. Exactly. Get a budget. Yes. And, and yes. And so, um, so the shooting occurred outside in the parking lot. Um, the shooter then came into the facility, um, but for the grace of God, um, there he would have been right in a in a place where our special needs uh, mm. ministry um, would have been at. Would have been and a kill box. You could have. I mean, imagine special needs people yeah. um, and and this, the the noise and everything else. Ah. Um, it would have been horrible. And he had thousand rounds oh. in his backpack. He was heading towards our kids area. Wow. Um, and, and one of our, um, security guys, or Gina Sam, yep. um, and Carl Chin, uh, engaged him in the, in this very long hallway. And, uh, it, it was a situation where, uh, Gina Sam, uh, knocked him down, hit him, you know, with the, with her uh, firearm and knocked him down and he ended up taking his own life. Um, but stopped the threat, just inside the doors versus, you know, where it could have done a bloody mess. Very mo- do, you, do you remember what she was carrying? She was carrying a nine millimeter. Um, mm-hmm. Carl Chin was carrying a 32 revolver, I believe. Oh my. Um, and Carl Chin is a great guy, friend of mine. Uh, he wrote a book called uh, peace invades, no, uh, evil invades sanctuary. sanctuary yeah. And he will, he goes through this whole thing and has a great website, Please check him out, carlchin2ends.com. Um, and he's, he mentions in the book how quick he understood how, how what outgunned really outgunned, means, yeah. that this guy had the AR rifle, and he had this little thirty two, realizing he was going to need to get probably within 30 feet to do anything. Right. And, uh, and the events that occurred um, with another, another member, it's a great read and a good study on what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, what was interesting to me, I, I had just left, um, uh, that this is after our second service and I had just left the, the campus. My wife had picked me up 
and we had just gotten home. We were about a mile south of New Life Church and started getting phone calls from people. Are you okay? Are you okay? And, mm. and so ended up going back to the church and, and was allowed in to see the, the process mm. after the shooting. Mm. Um, and in a way, it was, it was fascinating. In a way, it was unreal because no one thinks about the body or you know, what happens right. after literally one of our pastors got out a bucket and a, and a scrub brush right. and was scrubbing blood, blood and stuff from the, from the ground. Somebody's got to do it. In Hollywood, the body just disappears. Right. right. And you know, once everything's been done, it, the police are like, okay, see ya. Uh, what about the mess? Well, that's yours. That's yours. <laughs> yeah. People don't understand. Right. So there's a lot of real life attached to that. There was also a, a very interesting reaction from the church itself that did not know that there was a security team and was very angry that we had guns in God's house. Oh my goodness. Uh, literally worldwide wow. emails were coming in. How dare you? Um, obviously there's a problem at your church. You need to pray harder. Um, oh yeah. Um, yeah. The super spirituals. Yes. And there was, there was a, a, there were some people that couldn't come back because of the trauma. Right. There were people that were so angry that we had guns. Wow. Again, this is 2007. Right. Wow. And so while there, what I ended up doing from that event is, is consulting with churches and schools and how they can do things, um, both tactically and legally. Um, and so I've seen that since 2007, I've seen that change. The, most pastors are pretty good now. Yeah. Some still don't want it. And I, I point him to Carl Chin's website and where he breaks down religious, uh, events, oh, kidnappings, yeah. Oh, yeah. um, everything that can go on in religious events, uh, religious, uh, institutions. Yeah. And I, I just start there and say, look, look what's out there. Just look what that is out there. And you have a job. And part of that job is to protect your sheep, yep. right? And to shepherd your sheep. And I don't like it, but you you can't not do it. Yeah, and I would tell pastors, look, assign a good, qualified man who has experience to take care of it. You don't have to put the weight on it. Yep. Just give them a budget. Trust them. Or get a couple of guys. You know, I've, I, I remember being in Iraq. Um, during during fighting ISIS and and uh, hearing about a shooting right here in Colorado Springs, and then before I knew it, there was another one. I'm thinking, wow, I feel yeah. more safe walking around in some cities in Iraq at night than I would sections of Colorado Springs. Yeah. So people, I would say this: violence is everywhere. Doesn't matter where you live; it is everywhere, and it's better to be prepared uh, than to live paranoid, or worse, become a victim. Now, speaking of victims, July 4th, there was a horrible shooting. There was a young man that uh, pre-planned all this, very sick young man. I definitely say demonized because of what I've looked at him. But um, I, I'm always interested, obviously, to find out where did he get the weapon. And that hadn't been, we, we haven't sourced that yet. Um uh, you know, how did he get to that point? Because while people want to take away our right to bear arms, to defend ourselves, um, someone like him should never have got his hands on a weapon. Yeah. And and typically I find that there's a bunch of failures that happen 
along the way for somebody like him to get a weapon, get ammo. Uh, it's not just an incident. Yeah. And it, it is, and it's coming out, you know, uh, with this case also, I mean, today we're recording on, uh, July 7th. Um, it's the seventh today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so more and more news is coming out. Um, one of the, the, the sad things that have come out is that this, the shooter, um, had a collection of knives and um, a sword, I believe, in his house that were his and had threatened to kill himself um, at one point and then also threatened to kill his family at another point. The police were called in both mm. situations. And I'm, I don't have any inside knowledge. I'm getting this from the news. Right. Um, the police uh, confiscated the knives. Okay, so they, they, they took them from him. And the father, it's reported, um, told the police that they were his knives, the father's knives. He's, they just happened to be in the kid's closet yeah, for safekeeping. Yeah. Keeping so, a kid from consequence. So then at 19 years old, they returned the knives to him. And then the father sponsors the kid to get a, a FOIA card, which is firearms, ownership, something, something that's required in Illinois. Because he's not 21, he needs a sponsor. His father what an idiot. sponsored him on his card yeah. that allowed him to buy these firearms. Stupid. Folks, you, you, you can't do this. You, you, that, I'm, I'm hoping if something comes out of this, one thing is that the, um, the determination to look at mental health seriously. Right. And we've got to do it. Right. We've got to do it. My, my daughter is a special needs um, uh, director in North Carolina. So we've kind of learned through her, um, ASD, ASD, ASD now it's the you know, autistic spectrum disorder. Mm -hmm. They're no longer called Asperger's or anything like that. Right. So we're kind of in the throes of that and what that looks like and, and what it, the whole mental health issue and folks, we've got to address this. Yeah. You, you've, we've got to do it from PTSD to everything. And one of the things that, that I do here in Colorado is we have a, a what's called ERPO, which is a, an emergency protective order mm. that can remove guns from somebody right. for a year, right? A lot of controversy All behind the that. Right. But I'm, a, I'm one of a small handful of attorneys that the court recognizes to represent people that have had an ERPO filed against them. Okay. Okay. And I, I just, through doing this, found out that you can voluntarily, and this is just in Colorado as I understand it, you can voluntarily put yourself into a 72-hour mental health hold right? Um, or somehow end up there. And unless it's court-ordered, that never makes it to our Colorado Bureau of Investigations. Interesting. So it, That's good. And I totally understand that, unfortunately, this could be, you know, someone can take this and run with it. And say, well, you know, then you're going to stop people from getting mental health if they take away their firearms, right? Folks, we've got to figure something out here. Yeah, we we can't continue on like we're doing because my concern is going to be the people that are anti-gun or don't understand firearms are going to just get to the point where they're going to say, look, politicians do something. Yeah, we're going to give you power. We'll vote you in. Do something drastic. Right. Right. And we we. We got to do something. Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, there's a level of responsibility that we have to be able to have the right to bear arms, because I've sat down. I don't even know if you know this, but I've sat down with a number of the original school shooters. Mm. 
you know, 20 plus years ago when it all started, yeah. I would go into the youth prisons and visit with them mm. at length and get to understand why. And I will say this, bar none, it was evil. Yeah, uh, They would talk about darkness and evil coming over them. Uh, but then, you know, there were certain situations where the weight of responsibility fell on parents who didn't allow natural consequences to happen. They protected their kids or they enabled them uh, or were afraid to stand against their child when there were struggles. And it's, you can't do that. This shooter on July 4th, tell me a little bit about his parents. Yeah, and again, this is not insider information. This is just coming out in the news. But um, his uh, mom and dad appear to be separated, um, um, which isn't you know, the end of the world. It's just a, a fact. Right. But what's coming out about his mother um, is that she is an energy healer, okay? Um, and this is information from her website. Um, she owns a company called Trilogy Energy Systems, and she does things, uh, some of the services that she provides, um, chronic issues with pain, okay, that's good, uh, mm-hmm. mood and mental illness, trauma, repressed energy, cultural and religious programming. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. Uh, karmic uh, uh, residence, uh, dark spirit, and energy work. That one has me really concerned. Uh-huh. Psychic awakening and development, oh negative cycles, and addiction. So if you if you plug into some of these um, descriptions of some of these services she, she provides, one of them is angelic attunement. Okay, Angelic attunement. Yes. So yeah. she describes it as, I can help your soul remember the frequencies it has forgotten. We are all attuned. Some of us just rem- don't remember the frequencies. Uh, with attunements, atonements, uh, your soul is reminded of all it can ex- access. Okay. That's just, I'm going to put that in the weird category. Uh, y- you know, this kid looks so troubled. Um, and he is troubled. Yeah. Uh, I think God law enforcement found him. I don't, you know, he's probably one that wouldn't have stopped given another chance to do it again. And actually, not to interrupt you, but he has confessed that he did this shooting and he was on his way to Wisconsin to do another shooting. And there you have it. Yeah. You know, it's, um, so reaching our youth is so important, especially those that stand out or seem troubled. Uh, that's part of the prevention aspect. Uh, I like a fellow named Charlie Kirk who's reaching youth in high school and yeah. in universities. Um, from a conservative standpoint, um, and helping them both deal with logic, common sense, spiritual things now. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, if if we're in a situation, if the per, a person listening right now, if they're in a crowd and someone starts shooting, um, and they're actually carrying a weapon, should they just start blasting rounds that guy's way? No, no. And this is, uh, get this question quite a bit also. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the best thing you can do for yourself, your family, your situation, is to grab them and get them out of there. Take over. Yeah. Or, or just get out of there, yeah. right? Get off the axe. Um, get off the axe, get out of there, and take right. as many people as you can with you. Um, um Back to new life, we had some some um, 
security team members that that's all they did. Move they sent people down. So good. Carl and, and uh, Gene down to deal with the problem. And they were just getting people out. Um, I, I, I remind people that there's going to be so much chaos involved in one of these shootings that you, you're, there's going to be a lot going on. And unless you're trained to do so, right? And I'm not talking going to the, you know, range. the range and shooting at paper targets, which is good. Right. I'm not saying that it doesn't have a place, but as you well know, those rounds start going off and the noise and the smoke and the confusion and yeah. carnage. Um, the, the second thing that I, I remind people is you don't know who else is in the crowd that's also caring. So right. in a number of these situations, they're, they're set up so there's one person shooting to drive people to another shooter. Well, what if you take out your firearm and you're, you know, Maybe you take out the bad guy or shooting at the bad guy. Um, someone sees you and thinks you're the bad guy, yep. right? And I, again, I read enough news stories that you know things like this have happened. We unfortunately just had one um, last year up in um, uh, Arvada, I believe it is, where there was a, a, a person who decided to go, quote unquote, hunting for police officers and uh, killed one and. This guy was uh, uh, carrying himself and came out and uh, took out the the shooter. And so you have a a police officer who's been shot, who's radioed that, you know, shots fired, which is, you know, everybody and his brother's coming. And then the bad guy has been taken out. Well, the the concealed handgun permit uh, gentleman um, makes the fatal mistake of picking up the shooter's firearm, his rifle, and turning around and starting to walk to only encounter another oh police officer oh who has zero knowledge right. other than shots fired. Just and, don't see. Yeah. And he ends up shooting and killing the gentleman. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, again, bad situation all around. Right. And it's, so you got to be aware of that. You got to be aware of thinking what's the next step here. So I've taken out the bad guy. I hear the, the lights and siren, you know, I hear the sirens coming. Um, You've seen it, I'm sure, yeah. on the gun range. People yep. will have that gun, especially new shooters, and yeah. they'll turn their entire body and that firearm towards yeah. something. Oh, boy. And the police don't know, right? They have a you know, man with a gun. That's all they know. They're amped up, and they see you know, somebody's down. Somebody points a gun at them. It's, you know, it's just a bad, bad situation. So, Yeah, folks, you have to remember uh, law enforcement coming or security, or it could just be someone else. Yeah who's in the building, in a mall, at church, whatever, if they see you with a weapon, you know, hey, it, it, it you you could get smoked very easy. The other thing I would tell folks, unless you're confident to make that shot yes, and you understand what's behind it, because if you're firing rounds, are there people running behind you? Is someone going to pop up in front of you? That's why we just really say train, train. Um, and then it goes for the same in your own home. Yeah. You know, people talk about, I've got this weapon, I've got that. And I'm all, that will go through three walls. What do you, yeah. do you have children? Do or you, you or, live in an apartment? Yeah, it's going to go. Th- so uh, while we both are very strong advocates for our second men, we both do concealed care. We both understand, and you've worked the streets. I've, I've been in my situations that required use of force on every level. You, you, 
folks, you, you just can't live in a fantasy world like this as a movie or a TV show, and I'm just going to have and carry, and there's a level of responsibility that comes with it. Now, with that said, uh, we encourage you to train. We encourage you to let your local legislation, your state legislation, let people know you are for the Second Amendment, that you, you don't want people to hem you in on your rights. But let us become more responsible, better prepared, better trained, so that people are uncomfortable. Uh, you, you know, I, I can remember going onto an airplane and uh, I've got my dog and the run. And, you know, I've, I've been, I remember when, obviously, you know, I was kicked off on one flight because I just looked patriotic. <laughs> And and then uh, you know switching airlines and somebody found out. And I remember that the services go. Actually, we feel a lot safer with you on the plane. Yeah. I go well. Thank you. You should. Uh, and that's how we should be in public, where uh, it's in it's important for people to be trained, responsible, ready, um, and and this will help. I think this can help move people who are not fans of firearms to understand. It's a matter of a couple different things. Number one, you hit on it. It's a recognition of evil. Yeah. And folks, this is just, there's, there's like no fighting this, right? right? I mean, there is fighting it, but it just, you need to realize there is evil in the world and there always will be evil in this world until you know, Jesus comes. Yep. And you've just got to wrap your head around that. I, a lot of times we'll use my lovely mother as an example in my classes because she is, she is a good woman, right? right? She does not want to believe that evil exists. Right. Um, she gets that evil exists. She's been in situations. She knows. But it's something that it's hard for her to deal with. And I, I joke around that she comes from the Barney Fife School of <laughs> Self-Defense where right. you, you just keep one bullet in your shirt pocket. And, yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and pull it out when you need it. Um and so it, you know, she has a hard time believing that someone could be so evil that they would go up on a rooftop, right, right. and and literally snipe, All right. you know, um, uh, these people. That's number one. Number two is you've got to be aware of what's going on around you. You've got to be aware. Situational awareness, essay. We talk about it, yeah. folks. That's what we're talking I, about right now. You know, I don't know um, the facts as far as, this this uh, the shooter in Highland Park, um, whether he was standing, was he kneeling, or what on a on a on a uh, rooftop? But this is this is a small town. I mean, I'm right. from a small town, ten thousand people. Um, I I can kind of visualize what a July Fourth parade would look like, and these 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 buildings are not you know fourteen stories right. tall. They're oh, right, right, three or four maybe. Right, you know. And you've got to start looking and saying, okay, I've got, I need to be aware. Did I just see something up on that, you know, it's on that building. What looks out of place. Exactly. And it's not a matter of, of being paranoid. I, I am, I am not an advocate of people so wired that they're, you know, the boogeyman's behind every, every bush, but you have to be aware of things that look out of place. Yep. A good cop is one that can look at a situation, go, what's out of place here? Yeah. It's 80 degrees out, and that guy's wearing a winter jacket. What's right. up with that? Everybody's laughing. This person was exactly. not. Or vice versa. Exactly. Or, in this particular case, here's a young man who's wearing a dress. Okay? 
We know well, that ain't that ain't unnormal <laughs> these days around my house. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not in the woods. It is. I don't want to get Victor in trouble here. <laughs> ladies in my house wear dresses, right? That's it. Anyway, um, we'll edit that out. Uh, so he's wearing a dress, right? This is a town of thirty thousand people. That's not normal. Half of which are Jewish, oh right? My. And not that that it's just that to me that means fifteen thousand people pretty much know each other, right? 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 And small town America, thirty thousand people, July Fourth parade. This guy's wearing a dress. Right. Somehow he's concealing a rifle. Actually, two because he dropped one at the scene and he had one with him. Wow. Now it could have been in the car, but somehow he's carrying this rifle. How's he carrying a rifle? downtown America in a dress, where's that rifle? Right. right now we don't know. Maybe it was in parts and it, was, right. it looked like he had a backpack. But these are the type of things, unfortunately, we're, we're having to look and see what's out of place here. Yeah. What's out of place. I, I, I think we're going to be heading toward a, another podcast um, in the near future about situational awareness, how to see evil before it sees you, and how to be prepared, folks? Because I, I know, I, I know what we've covered is helping folks right now. Good. And I, I want I want to close on this. Uh, you're so knowledgeable, and uh, we wouldn't be using you if you weren't. You practice more than just kind of Second Amendment stuff. You, what are a few other things that uh, you practice? That if people want to contact you, sure, to get help. What What are some of the other things? Um. So I'm a solo practitioner. So it's myself and my wife uh, as my paralegal. Um, and so we do primarily business law, uh, nonprofit law, obviously. Yep. Um, we do probate. We do wills and trusts. Um, those are kind of the, in real estate, are the kind of the, the general things that I really enjoy doing, helping people out. Okay. Um, I, um, the, the firearm thing is something I've always been in, in tune with. Um, I don't do criminal law. Okay. Right? So yeah. Make sure we're clear on that. Folks, <laughs> do you understand that? that, that so I'm not in trouble. Stop right. the rumors. Right. I'm not in I trouble. I will handle the mattress police for you. Yes, I feel thank confident you. there. Okay. But anything beyond that. But I do, as I said, I do teach gun law. And my whole um, approach there is preventative law. What can I tell you? I say this in every class. This is your dojo. Mm-hmm. Please ask me those crazy questions right. that you have in your mind, but you're either afraid to ask or, God forbid, you go to the internet <laughs> and ask oh, boy. because you can't go in front of a judge and say, hey, your honor, on AR15.com, they said I could do X. <laughs> yeah. And he looks at you like you're an idiot. Right. Right. right? So, well, no, this is good. How can they get a hold of you, Tim? Yeah. Uh, Prebelawfirm.com is our website. How do you spell that? P R I E B E uh, lawfirm.com. All right. And you're based here in Colorado? Colorado. Can people contact you from other states? Um, they can. Just okay. say hi, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but you're, you yeah. practice law within yeah. the state of Colorado? Correct. Okay, super. But you could consult uh, for folks uh, in a different way as far as questions that they may have about Second Amendment stuff? Yeah, I can. Definitely. And, you know, it sounds like we might be back. And so oh, yeah, if you, you have particular questions, get them to Victor. And, and I am all about instructing if you haven't picked that up. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I, I, my passion is stop the problem before 
becomes a problem, I don't want you to employ lawyers. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Did y'all just hear that? <laughs> now you know why I have him as a lawyer. Hey, wherever you're listening, I would say send us an email. If you have a question for lawyer Tim, uh, send a question, and then next time I have him on, we'll, we'll answer some of y'all's questions. Sounds great. I, I think that would be very beneficial. Thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for your experience, your knowledge, your service as a frontliner. And, and for helping those uh, in need in all those areas you talked about. So appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. I mean, go get it. Go get it done. See you next time right here on the Victim Work Show. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time. Thank you.